0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void reward prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18+. Welcome back to Kentucky Women Talk Sports on 970 AM the Answer. I am pleased to welcome to the show Aaron Torres, a college football and basketball contributor for FoxSports.com. He's also a best-selling author and a writer for the nightly TV show Fox Sports Live, which you can catch on Fox Sports 1. Thanks for coming on the show today, Aaron.
2: That's a hell of an introduction, Maria. I appreciate you having me
1: today. No problem. Now, a big reason I wanted to bring you on the show was because of a great piece you did on the 2010 Kentucky basketball team and the impact that team had on the landscape of college basketball as we know it today. And that team was, of course, Coach John Calipari's first team at Kentucky, which was led by future NBA All-Stars John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. So, Aaron, to start off, can you talk a little bit about how this story idea came about?
2: yeah sure no it's a great question um you know i had done kind of one of these oral histories before uh, i did one actually last college basketball season on the six-overtime Syracuse-UConn game. I did mm-hmm. one during football season, and, you know, I was looking for something cool to do around an anniversary in college basketball or, you know, just something different. And, you know, as, as time went on, I kind of realized that, you know, 2010 was the year that Calipari arrived, and, you know, I kind of was thinking about it a little bit, you know, kind of as the season got started well before we knew that Kentucky was going to get off to such a strong start and, mm-hmm. you know, going into the tournament as the overwhelming favorite. I just kind of thought back to that team. I said, you know, it was five years ago that, that 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 team came together you know if i can get the big names if i can get coach cow and i can get john wall and i can get patrick patterson this could be a really cool piece and you know wrap it around the idea that kentucky as a whole um you know has really grown as a program in large part because of these guys so it really stemmed from that first article but what it really came down to was i want to do something cool i want to do something fun i want to do something that people would enjoy and i just thought back to that 2010 team and how much as a fan of college basketball i enjoyed watching them knew it would be a fun piece to do, and it turned out perfect.
1: Now, you mentioned the piece is a, like an in-depth oral history, which I think makes it even more fascinating. I'm going to put it up on our social media sites again, in case our listeners missed it earlier, but how long did all the interviews take? Like, when did you start working on this project?
2: All right, great question. So, uh, I actually, so, the idea kind of came to me early in the fall. I mean, I'm talking September October. Uh, I actually reached out to uh, your buddy Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio. I said, Hey, what do you think about this? You think this is something that could work, blah, blah. He said, Absolutely. He said, You know, all the reasons that I just mentioned. It was a fun team. It was a dynamic team. Kentucky fans will love it. They're great stories, great personalities. And so I really think, you know, once Matt kind of said, This will be awesome, I just kind of jumped two feet in. And, and I knew I would need time to get everybody, especially because it was right towards the start of the season. So I think I did my first interview probably oh boy, either like late October, early November, and kind of just kept chipping away from there. There were definitely peaks and valleys along the way. I was obviously working on other stories and doing other things throughout the time, but uh, I can tell you definitively Orlando Antigua was my first interview, uh, and I want to say I did it maybe October or November, and like I said, just kind of been chipping away since then.
1: Now you got to talk to former players, coaches, managers, etc. Is there one person that you thought was in particular like, really interesting to talk to?
2: You know, I'll tell you, this is such a cliche answer. First of all, I will say that many people were awesome to talk to. Chad Sanders, the manager, was great. Uh, uh, Mark Krebs, who was a walk-on that got a scholarship, was great. Ramon Harris, who uh, was maybe one of the last interviews I did, was awesome. I mean, he was spectacular. But kind of to answer your question directly, I was surprised at kind of how – out there and willing to, to be quotable, Coach Cal was. And mm-hmm. it, it, that's a weird thing to say He's obviously you guys in Kentucky know, know him well and know that, you know, he's never afraid to speak his mind. But, you know, when you're doing an interview like this, and, and Maria, I know you know this working in sports, it's, it's the biggest names usually are the guys that say the least, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, coaches, you know, kind of in the pressure cooker every day, they generally don't say stuff that's very interesting just because they don't want to be quoted, they don't want to end up on, you know, the social media websites, the blogs, the TV shows all that stuff so you know it was interesting because with Coach Cal like once I got him talking he didn't really stop and it was (laughs) awesome and it worked out perfect for me because he added so much depth and so much insight and it would have been so easy for me for him excuse me to take my call, to give me five minutes, give me one or two word answers, and kind of move on to the next thing. And he was really great. He gave me good answers. He was, he, he was dynamic. He was interesting. I, I, I should have known better because I watch Cal every night on TV and I know that he's a very dynamic person. But I was surprised how open and willing he was to do this interview, give me real depth to my answers, uh, to my questions. And I just thought he was awesome and definitely a very big surprise as far as this, uh, you know, as far as how much he was willing to give me for this article.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Was there a part of the piece that really stands out to you or maybe surprised you at all?
2: You know, the... the there were a few things. One, so I, I thought the, the Big Blue Madness stuff was really cool. Uh, you know, the John Wall, Marcus Cousins dynamic was pretty cool in terms of DeMarcus wanting to, uh, you know, do the dance, but he was too afraid. But the part that I found really cool, only because maybe Kentucky fans knew about it, I had no idea about it, was that first practice that Coach Cal had. And, you know, I know you're going to share the piece, so if people That's hopefully right. have read the piece or, or know what I'm talking about. But the day, it was either the day of or the day after Cal got the job, he was basically in Kentucky by himself. His, his assistant coaches were still in Memphis, uh, and obviously the old coaching staff was gone, and he put the returning players through a workout. And, uh, you know, he told me point blank, he said, I was literally sick to my stomach, I had my head in my hands, this and that. And to, to hear the former players relive it, you know, it was just a very unique experience for them. They were coming from the Billy Gillespie era where they had, you know, they, they had dealt with practice where it was 90% of the time they were working on defense and working on, you know uh, drills like that, and then you come in, and Coach Cal has him doing all these crazy offensive moves, attacking the basket, working on the euro step, you know all these crazy things and you know the players just point blank said we just we had never played in that system before, and you know we were missing layups we were it was sloppy, it was this, it was that and to to, to hear that story, I had never heard it and uh, Chad Sanders, you mentioned that there was a manager that I spoke with, and Chad Sanders was the guy who was kind of the head manager that year. he kind of tipped me off on that, and I was sure to ask everybody about it afterward, and that was just the coolest part to me, because I had never heard anything about it. I obviously remembered the the UConn game, remembered the North Carolina game, remembered the recruiting stuff, but I had never heard that story. I thought it was really cool, and it was a part that I really enjoyed, uh, kind of sharing with the the Kentucky folk.
1: Now, um, something that stands out to me from the piece, which is, we have kind of seen in pretty much every team Coach Kyle has had at Kentucky is the fact that he gets all these superstar freshmen to sacrifice their stats and just play completely as a team. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's a credit to Coach Cal, obviously, but I think it's a credit to him and his staff with recruiting the right guys. And, you know, obviously every year hasn't been perfect. Even last year it took, uh, you know, the team basically until the, the, the SEC tournament to really get things together. Uh, and then they obviously won on that run to the championship game. But, like, to me, I think, again, it's, it's a credit to Coach Cal. It's a credit to the kids he recruits, too. And, and the one thing that I found with this article, I obviously can't speak for the teams that followed, but, um, you know, every coach, told me, you know, without without me even asking, that John Wall and Eric Bledsoe were the two hardest workers they had. And they were, you know, John Wall was the first in every You know, he was the first person in line in every drill. And those guys really set the tone. So in terms of guys willing to sacrifice and all that stuff, it's definitely a narrative that has, you know, come to fruition, you know, this year as much as any, but really every year. But I think it starts with the guys that, that Cal recruits. And, you know, you've seen it through the years uh, beyond just that John Wall team with, with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Anthony Davis and this year with Carl Town. And, you know, I, I, I've covered Julius Rand a little bit. I know he's a similar player. And, you know, so it's a credit to him. It's a credit to the system. But it also should be a credit to the players who are so willing to, uh, you know, so willing to sacrifice because, it, you know, it's the culture that's obviously been established. But without them, it's not possible. And so, you know, to kind of answer your question directly, it really does start with that kind of John Waller, blood so DeMarcus Cousins class. And then also, of course, a credit to that year's kind of veteran guy like Patrick Patterson, Ram- Ramon Harris, and guys like that, for being, uh, you know, for being willing to uh, to sacrifice as well as veterans.
1: Well, we have to get to a quick break, but stay tuned as we have more with Aaron Torres on Kentucky Woman Talk Sports on 970 AM, The Answer. Back to Kentucky Woman Talk Sports on 970 AM The Answer. We are pleased to be joined for another segment with Aaron Torres, a college football and basketball contributor for FoxSports.com. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Now, the one-and-done system is, of course, not Kentucky's role, but you know every school has the opportunity to recruit the top players in America. So since you've talked to some of these guys that are now in the NBA, is the criticism of Coach Cal unfair when people say his players only care about getting to the league? Because I think this year's team especially has proved that's not true.
2: Yeah, no, I absolutely think it's unfair, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Maria, is that it's not Coach Cal's rule. It's not even the NCAA's rule. It's it's the NBA's rule, and I think the difference is that Cal was just the first one to see it. I mean, it's funny how, you know, during this 2010 season, you know, the, the, the cliches at the time were that kids didn't go to class, that, that as soon as the semester was done, they were gone. And for the most part, that wasn't true. Like, you know, I had many people tell me that, that John Wall finished out the semester and had the highest GPA on the team. I know that Brandon Knight the following year had a 4.0 GPA kind of throughout the year and, and finished his academic stuff. So I think, the, I, I think it's definitely unfair to, to lump Kentucky as, as the bad guy in this case because, look, like I said, Coach. Cal was just the first one to kind of take advantage of that rule and it's kind of funny and and this was one thing that I would have liked to hit on a little bit more in the piece but there just really wasn't space was that it's now a rule that basically every major college basketball (laughs) program is exploiting Duke this year, you know, mighty Duke that's all about academics they have three one and done guys and they've had about three or four one and duns in the past couple years Arizona has one and done guys Kansas recruits one and done guys and I actually found it interesting, I was watching North Carolina during the ACC tournament this week and they really lack the, the talent needed to compete for a national championship, and you think of, of North Carolina as a, you know college basketball power, and it's just they just don't have the type of difference-making one-and-done guys that Duke have and, and uh, you know, Kentucky obviously have and Kansas has, and I think it's very interesting that it's almost gotten to the point now where if you're not willing to recruit these guys, uh, you really, it's really hard to compete for a championship, and like I said, it's obviously not Kentucky's rule. Uh, obviously, Coach Cal was just the first one to kind of see where things were going and take advantage of it, I give them credit to it. It's really been catching up for the rest of college basketball since then.
1: Now I want to switch to the 2014-15 Kentucky team, as they've had quite mm-hmm. the season. How impressed have you been with all these talented players completely sacrificing their minutes, their points, etc., for the betterment of the team?
2: You know, it's really funny. I'll tell you a funny story. Is um, uh, It's not funny because cause it's a serious subject, but the night that Alex Poitras got hurt, I was helping out... On Fox Sports Live, as you mentioned, I work for one of Fox Sports One's television shows. And Alex Poitras got hurt, and I remember you know saying to our producer, who's not a college basketball fan, I said, "Dude, this is huge. We got to make sure we get this in the show. I'll help you, you know, structure everything, blah blah." And he looked at the stat sheet, or he looked at the you know the, the the stats on Poitras, and he was averaging like, you know, six points in in you know. 28 minutes a game or whatever it was and right. he's like you know my producer was like who is this guy and I'm like <laughs> trust me he's really important and it was funny because you know you don't think of a guy that averages six points a game is really important so the reason I bring that up is that it's absolutely incredible how all these guys are willing to sacrifice minutes and points and, 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 and stats for the good of the team and it's something you know look I know Jay Billis hit on it a few weeks ago I know other people are now starting to come on board you know Jay Billis has been on board forever but you know other people are starting to come on board and really say, look, if you don't like Kentucky, that's fine. But it's really hard not to like this basketball team specifically 2014-2015. If you like basketball the way that it's supposed to be played, then this is a team that you need to appreciate. Everyone is sacrificing for the good of the team. Everybody's playing defense. Everybody's moving the ball. And it's just, it's a fun team to watch. And it, it, Again, it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's a credit to Coach Cal to get all these guys to buy in, believe in the system, believe in their teammates. Uh, and in the end, it's, it's kind of for the good of the program. I mean, we've kind of seen it the last few years, and it was an interesting um side piece with my um with my article was, you know, I had guys like Mark Krebs tell me, you know, all year long, Coach Cal saying, you know, to Patrick Patterson and Daniel Orton and Eric Bledsoe, you know, if, if you guys just do what I tell you to do, it'll work out in the end. You'll get to the NBA, and it really did happen. And then you're seeing the same thing this year where um, whoever it is, whether it's Carl Anthony Towns or Devin Booker, whomever, um, they are sacrificing minutes, and it's, it, they're sacrificing stats, and it's not going to be to the detriment of their draft stock because, you know, as you kind of follow it, these are guys that are still very highly projected players, even though they could be putting up stats at other, bigger stats at other schools.
1: Now, uh, this Kentucky team did face a few deficits in some difficult road environments during the regular season, and then they've been under the bright lights all season long at UK. Were you impressed with the way the players were able to respond to those challenges?
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely, and that's that's the other thing, too, is that they seem to... To two things: one, be getting better as the season goes on. You mentioned those kind of uh, struggles in the middle of the year against Ole Miss and against Texas A&M. Well, you know they're playing better of late. And two, the other thing that I think it's a credit to Coach Cal is that they're playing their best in their biggest games. You know, it started earlier in the year with Kansas. Um, You know, as you said, the spotlight was on uh, against Georgia. And you know, obviously, there's not a ton of marquee games in the SEC, but they really have played their best in their biggest games. And I think that that's a credit to you know, a championship-level team is that, you know, it's one thing to beat up on, on, you know, the Auburns and the Alabamas and stuff like that, but when you're coming out against a Kansas team that, that you know is a top-five matchup that you know everybody's watching, a UCLA who I know isn't as good this year, but they're still kind of a name program and everybody's watching, and you just beat the brakes off of them, <laughs> that is a credit uh, to the team because, like I said, you know, the championship teams play their best in their biggest games, and, and obviously that's something that Kentucky has done this year. Absolutely.
1: Well, Aaron, we do have to get to a break, but thanks so much for joining us today. It was terrific.
2: Maria, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Stay tuned for more of Kentucky Woman Talk Sports on 970 AM The Answer.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?